Hi, my name is Kale Williams, and I'm the host for this brand new show, Speaking of Gothic. On this podcast, we're going to talk about all things gothic, from old and new movies to some fantastic new shows streaming on different platforms. Before I begin deep diving into a topic, though, I feel it necessary to give you a definition of what I consider gothic horror. Also, one other note. Although I'll be talking about gothic horror most of the time, I'm going to sometimes cross over into gothic romance. So let's get after it. When I was thinking about this show and creating it, I thought about why I love gothic horror and gothic romance. And I think it goes back to my childhood. So I'm going to share you know, personal something personal here. But um, I, all I did was read when I was young. I, I read books that were probably way above my maturity level. And Edgar Allan Poe's stories were some of those things that I read. I was introduced to them uh, through my older brother. And I don't know what it was about those stories, but I I just was captivated by (laughs) the bleak, gloomy nature uh, and the discussion of death. And I'm not saying that I'm obsessed with death. That's not it. But for some reason, I felt, maybe because I felt like an other. And when I read these stories, I always felt like they talked about the other. Um, and I'm going to get into a conversation about the other, maybe next episode. But um, I, I, I've always been drawn to the Gothic, whether that is artwork or music, you know, movies, TV, you know, there's always something about the darkness that is in our natures, but I'm not talking about anything that's violent. I just mean that, that just that dark subject matter that has always drawn me into Gothic, what I now understand is Gothic horror and Gothic romance. So for those of you out there who are into this, like I am, you understand what I'm talking about. And if not, that's okay. Uh, But just, I just kind of want to let you know where I'm coming from. And that's why I find all this fascinating And as we progress in this podcast, I'm going to have people on this show who can speak to gothic content. And I'm going to try to mix it up so that way you have uh, a nice diverse mix of people who are going to talk about what they deem gothic and why they do. Actually, I want to stay with this idea of the other. Most horror fans understand the other. They understand that it's an aspect of themselves that's maybe not accepted or even shunned by society. And I think Gothic horror lore in particular is steeped in images and stories dedicated to the other. I mean, you can even trace it back to Mary Shelley when she wrote Frankenstein. I mean, she was, what, 19 years old? And that narrative of the other was solidified and encoded for generations to come. But then I ask... Why do horror fans gravitate to this motif time and time again? For myself, you know, I was a young African-American boy growing up in the 70s. I was a bit of an oddity. You know, I was too black for my white friends, too white for my black friends. I was into R&B, rock and roll, classical music. I read comic books and serious literary novels, and I devoured horror and science fiction stories. I was kind of both outside and inside these circles, but really... I was the other. And as I matured, I started to embrace this oddness, this otherness in myself. You know, I consumed horror movies from a very early age, probably too early. And 
I think I saw something of myself in those stories, in those monsters, those entities, and those otherworldly supernatural creatures. I knew in my bones that like them, I was in the other. Now I kind of want to just talk a little bit about gothic horror tropes. Again, when I was preparing for this podcast, and as I was watching certain movies or reading certain books, um, certain tropes stuck out to me. And I'm sure there's more than what I'm listing here, but I really kind of want to discuss these. And this will be an ongoing topic of conversation for this podcast. But let's get into this right now. And these are not in order. I have like nine of them right now, but they're not in any order. But um, I, first of all, in gothic horror, there's always some sort of grotesque or dark subject matter. And then oftentimes there's the supernatural or supernatural element and or some kind of creature that is associated with this. Gothic environments are a big one. And these can be desolate, remote, crumbling castles, haunted mansions and houses, underground basements or lairs, which is a personal favorite favorite of mine, and even empty spaceships. There is a sense of isolation and oftentimes of remoteness in the character's mind. There's suspense, mystery, tension, fear, there's heightened and exaggerated emotions. And women in distress is a trope that is used quite a bit. It, and it's always not always a woman, but but usually that seems to be a feature of gothic horror. And then you can have characters who have some sort of psychic ability or connection or link to the events in the story. And another one that I noticed is that there's often gothic or even formalized language, and this can take many forms. Now, for my purposes, of the, or the purposes of this show, not all of these need to be present to be deemed gothic, but if a majority of these are present, I'm calling them gothic horror. So that means that some of the movies or stories, or maybe even books I talk about, might not seem gothic when I first present them, but because they have a majority of the tropes that I just talked about, I'm going to call them gothic. Hope that makes sense. One of the ultimate others, in my opinion, is the werewolf. I'm a huge werewolf fan. As a matter of fact, it's my favorite cinematic creature. And I think I've always liked the the werewolf because, you know, it's a human who's cursed and who has this savage part of themselves that they have to hide from others. And I think we've all kind of felt like that, where we have to hide a part of ourselves. what we're regardless of what that part is, you know, we show one face to the world and we show another, and that is exactly the nature of the werewolf. So I think that's why I've always felt a kinship to this creature, you know, because it's, it's the, the creature's cursed to transform from human to savage beast. And the werewolf exists outside civilized society. And it seems to serve as a metaphor for what happens when we lose control. If we stray too far from the expectations of society, thus becoming the other the vampire is an interesting one you know i love vampire stories movies etc and this other blends into society by camouflaging their true nature and again how many of us do that you know we blend in we walk about we show one face and then the way we feel we're camouflaging who we really are most of the time so then here's my question to you dear listeners do gothic horror fans see themselves as the other? I'll just leave that right there. Continuing on with this topic about the other, I want to mention two films, two of my favorite gothic horror films. Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, 
and The Wolfman 2010, directed by Joe Johnston. These are two gothic horror masterpieces that if you watch them either back to back or within a few days of each other, you see they're kind of companion book bookends and they're kind of tethered by the performances of Sir Anthony Hopkins. But if you want gothic horror that doesn't even spare the blood, watch these two films and I'll talk about them a little bit later on. Because you're listening to my very first episode, I'm going to give you a bonus. I'm going to talk about my top 10 gothic horror films. In future episodes, I'll go deeper into each of them and talk about the horror tropes. But for right now, I just want to list them and tell you my films. So coming in hot at number 10, Byzantium 2012, directed by the great Neil Jordan, who directed anybody, anybody, Interview with a Vampire, 1996 or was it 94, with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. This one starring Sarcy Ronan, Gemma Atherton, and Caleb Landry Jones. I love this film, and it takes all the gothic boxes for me. It's got vampires, it's atmospheric, it's moody. Yeah, I rewatch this one a lot. Number nine, Sleepy Hollow, 1999, directed by the goth man himself, Tim Burton, starring Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, Miranda Richardson, and Michael Gambon. This is probably my favorite Tim Burton film. I mean, I love his Batman films, but this film is pure gothic through and through, and the world building is incredible in this. Number eight, Candyman, 1992. Directed by Bernard Rose, starring Tony Todd, Virginia Madsen, and Cassie Lemons. Every time I watch this film, I'm transported and amazed at the craftsmanship and the mythology he created. And this was a mythology that was later extended in Nia DaCosta's 2021 Candyman film. Number 7, 30 Days of Night, 2007. A note on 30 Days of Night, I have all the graphic novels, and the graphic novels are amazing, and the movie's amazing, so if you are a gothic horror fan, if you love vampires, this is the one. Directed by David Slade, starring Josh Hartnett, who would later star in my all-time favorite gothic horror series, Penny Dreadful. I love it. I love it. I'll talk about Penny Dreadful in a future episode, probably a couple of episodes. This also stars Melissa George, Danny Houston, and Ben Foster. It's bleak, terrifying, atmospheric, and bloody wonderful. Number six, Reanimator, 1985. Directed by Stuart Gordon and produced by Brian Usna. Starring the great Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, and Bruce Abbott. This was based on an H.P. Lovecraft novelette, and it's baffling, it's fantastic, it's bloody, and it's freaking awesome. I'm not a huge Lovecraft fan, that's just not what I like, but if you like Lovecraft, you have to watch Reanimator. You have to. Here's another one from the 80s, Fright Night, 1985, directed by Tom Holland, who directed the first Child's Play film, introducing us to horror icon Chucky, of course, starring William Ragsdale, Chris Sarandon, Amanda Bierce, Stephen Jeffries, and the fabulous Roddy McDowell. I mean, what do I have to say? It's a classic. If you have not seen Fright Night, you need to watch Fright Night 1985. Number four, the original, the best, Alien 1979. Directed by Sir Ridley Scott, starring Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, Ian Holm, Harry Dean Stanton, Yafet Koto, and Veronica Cartwright. Gothic horror in space. It's never been topped. Number three. This is a movie I didn't like at first, but then upon re-watching it, I discovered it's gothic glory. And Guillermo del Toro is one of us, and he can do no wrong. As a matter of fact, 
I'm recording this podcast um, after I've come from a conference. And I tell you what, I watched this again for like the fourth time. And I love this film. I love it even more. Crimson Peak 2015, directed by the aforementioned Guillermo del Toro, starring Mia Wykowski, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston, and Charlie Hunnam. This film is the best example of true gothic horror tapping into gothic romance with all the toppings and tropes. If you have not seen this and you love gothic horror and you love gothic romance, do yourself a favor. Watch Crimson Peak from 2015. It is amazing. You're never going to see a more beautiful film. It's amazing. Number two, I'll be honest. It was a tight, tight tie between number one and number two. And I, already, and I actually already talked about these. But my number one features my all-time favorite monster, so this one has to be number two no matter how much I love it. Drum roll. Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. (laughs) Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1996, starring Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Elways, and Sir Anthony Hopkins. This is a sumptuous feast of gothic horror for the eyes and senses. I mean, it's so good, it makes me cry. And for me, Gary Oldman is my all-time favorite Dracula. And I've seen a lot of Draculas, and I love Christopher Lee. But I love, love, love Gary Oldman's performance in this film. He is my Dracula. Number one. I watch this film all the time. I don't watch it just during Halloween. No, I didn't even watch it during this Halloween. I watch and re-watch this film multiple times a year. And I believe it is the perfect example of gothic horror done right. I mean, perfect. And you're probably going to guess what it is because, again, I talked about it earlier. The Wolfman, 2010. Once again, starring Sir Anthony Hopkins, Benicio del Toro, Emily Blunt, and Hugo Weaving. I mean, they're all magnificent. But Hugo Weaving's Inspector Aberline is a particular highlight for me. I don't know. I mean, I just love this portrayal. I know this movie has its haters, but for me, it is pure gothic goodness. And werewolves are my favorite film monsters. And this film is exactly what I want in a fantastic horror film. And exactly what I want in a werewolf film. Sure, the transformation wasn't as great as American Werewolf in London, which I love. Which is also on one of my lists, just not my top ten. But this is gothic horror. It's perfection. Let me tell you something that I love about being a horror fan. We are a broad umbrella of individuals. You can go to any convention and you'll witness a myriad of people from different races, ethnicities, genders, and ages, all enjoying the communal experience of media related to horror. And it might seem kind of strange for those outside the confines of the horror community, but all of us identify with these creatures, entities, ghosts, goblins, serial killers, demons, apparitions, and monsters, human or otherwise, who make up the canon of horror. So going back to the question I asked just a second ago, I do think that gothic horror fans see themselves as the other. Which kind of brings me full circle back to Mary Shelley and Frankenstein. The scientist, Frankenstein, was the monster, and the creature, although fully utilized as the other, was the tragic hero of the novel. Perhaps gothic horror fans understand that our true nature is to revel in the difference, the singularity, the otherness of our beautiful obsession. To bask in our collective love all things gothic horror thank you thank you thank you for listening to my very first episode my hope and my goal for this show is to bring you some real value and entertain and maybe maybe just to enlighten you on some kind of gothic topic 
I hope to gain as much from it as you do. On future episodes, we'll have different kinds of guests who can speak to the nature of Gothic horror and Gothic romance, authors, scholars, and other creatives. And I hope to provide you with a real cross-section of individual experts in the area of the Gothic. And if you're a writer like I am, maybe you can apply some of their expertise to your stories. Thanks again and tune in every Sunday. And if you did receive some value from the show, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast shows. It'll help a great deal. And as always, farewell, fellow Gothics, and be kind to one another. <laughs>